appreciate it. I can't tell you thank you enough. Um, I love what I'm doing. I look forward to doing my podcast each and every day. You know, it's just a wonderful thing and it's, I'm just enjoying life. You know, I have my days though. Don't get me wrong. I ain't perfect. I have my days. Okay. But for the most part, my good days are far outweigh my bad days. And I hope that you're having a good day. But if you aren't, you know what? It's okay. I hope and I know that at some point it's going to get better for you. You know, so um, again, thank you so much. I'm, check this out, y'all. I'm going to get right to it. The ex-police officer, Kim Potter, was sentenced to two years for fatally shooting Dante Wright. The former Brooklyn Center, Minnesota police officer said she was reaching for her taser during the April 11th stop last year, but instead pulled out a service weapon. I think everybody remembers taser, taser, and pow, pow. So just saying. Um, a Minnesota judge on today sentenced former police officer Kim Potter to two years in prison. Far less than what was sought by prosecutors in the f- fatal shooting of black motorist Dante Wright. Hennepin County Judge Regina Chu handed down a punishment for the former Brooklyn Center police officer after emotional courtroom statements from the victim's loved ones and defendant herself. Chu ordered Potter to spend two-thirds of her sentence behind bars and one-third of it on supervised release. She's already served 58 days behind bars, which will go to her credit. Potter's online Department of Corrections records were quickly updated after Friday morning sentencing, showing she will likely walk free on April 24th next year. Chu said Potter deserved less than 86, less than the 86 month sentence sought by prosecutors because the officer was trying to use her taser and not her gun. The judge said she knows her ruling will be unpopular. I recognize there will be those who disagree with the sentences, with the sentence that I granted a significant downward departure does not in any way diminish Dante Wright's life, Chu said. The judge says she's never seen a case like this before. This is one of the saddest cases that I've had in my 20 years on the bench, Chu said. Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison in a lengthy statement issued hours after sentencing walked the fine line between sympathizing with prosecutors and Wright's family, while also urging all parties to accept Judge Chu's ruling. Judge Chu heard from the witnesses and attorneys on both sides, Ellison said. I accept her judgment. I urge everyone to accept her judgment. I don't ask you to agree with her decision, which takes nothing away from the truth of the jury's verdict. Outside the court, the victim's mother, Katie Wright, said the justice system murdered him all over again. The grieving mom appeared to discount the tears Potter shed in courts as the former police officer apologized for her deadly actions. This isn't okay, she said. 
This is the problem with our justice system today. White women's tears trumps, trumps justice. And I thought my white woman tears would be good enough because they're true and genuine. Ben Crump, an attorney for the family, was particularly angered by Potter's sentence compared to the 57-month punishment against former Minneapolis police officer Muhammad Noor. Noor, a Somali immigrant, was convicted of shooting a 911 caller, mistaking her as a threat to his partner. He was remorseful, but they didn't make a downward departure for the black police officer like they made for this white police woman, Crump said. And that's the problematic for many people of color in America. And that's problematic for many people of color in America. That we continue to see this intellectual justification before sentence was issued, Wright's mother asked the judge to send her son's killer to prison, telling Potter that she'll never be able to forgive you for what you stole from us. Dante Wright is my son, my baby boy, and I say is and not was because he will always be my son. And I'm proud to say that, Katie Wright told the court. Dante's smile was genuine and big, just like his dreams. You took him. You took his future. Potter, 49, has been in custody since just before Christmas last year when jurors convicted her of the first-degree manslaughter for the April 11, 2021 slaying of 20-year-old Wright in the Minneapolis suburb of Brooklyn Center. The victim's father, Aubrey Wright, told the court he loved his son. I was so proud to be his father. He was handsome. He was my son, my prince, he said. He was my reason to do better. He was my reason to change in life. Wright was pulled over and police tried to arrest him on an outstanding weapons charge when he tried to get back into his car. During a brief struggle, Potter, with a Glock holstered at her right, dom at her right dominant side and her taser on the left, pulled the firearm and fatally shot Wright. She testified in her own defense saying the shooting was an accident and that she had meant to pull her non-lethal taser. A sobbing Potter on Friday apologized to Wright's loved ones, to the family of Dante Wright. I'm sorry that I brought death of your son, brother, father, uncle, grandson, nephew, and the rest of your family to your home, she said. So um, back in a moment with the world, according to Bookie and them podcast, stay with me. <laughs> Introducing Eminem's album art packs. Celebrating iconic and barrier-breaking musical artists from yesterday and today. New Eminem's album art packs. Available now. Collect them all. What's going on? Jake from State Farm. The Pope just confessed. I think. I don't know. Uh, what? Oh, can't afford streaming anymore, so here we are. Well, don't give up what you love. State Farm has options to personalize your policy so you get a rate that fits your budget. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. The subtitles would be nice. For surprisingly great rates to fit any budget, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or click to get a quote today. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for coming back. It's Friday, y'all. Anyway, um, as we all heard this morning, or you know, maybe y'all heard it last night, there was going to be a ban on avocados due to a threat 
Well, the ban has uh, just a little while ago been lifted on it. The ban on avocados, on avocados rather. Uh, the United States is resuming its avocado inspection in Mexico's Michoacan state. Michoacan state, a week after imposing a temporary ban in response to U.S. inspector receiving a death threat. The Department of Agriculture's Animal Plant and Health Inspection Service said Friday, today, that it was working closely with Mexican authorities to enact enhanced safety measures for inspectors working in the fields. Michoacan is the only state in Mexico authorized to export avocados to the United States, and approximately 80% of its avocados go to U.S. markets. The state's governor, Alfredo Ramirez Bedola, said Friday he was pleased with the U.S. government's decision to resume its avocado inspection program. With this decision, we ensure the export of the fruit and give economic certainty to farmers and laborers, he tweeted. Wow, I just learned something because I always thought it maybe was a vegetable, but it's actually a fruit. So that's a little... You know, for those of you who thought it was a vegetable like me, guess what? It's a fruit. Back in a moment with the world according to Buki and them. Thanks, y'all. Stay with me. Welcome back, everybody. A bullied black teen was falsely accused of threatening school, wrongly detained for 11 days, lawsuit says. And uh, a black Florida teenager who says she was bullied for months by classmates was falsely accused of threatening her school and then wrongly detained at a juvenile detention facility for 11 days, according to her family and attorney. Now the 13-year-old's mother, Leslie Ann Davis, is suing Renaissance Charter School at Pines over the November incident. I feel distance, the teen Nia Wims uh, said at a news conference this week. I really don't want to talk to anybody. The lawsuit obtained alleges that the girl was being bullied at the school in Pembroke Pines, about 20 miles north of Miami. Davis reported the alleged bullying in August and had requested a meeting with school officials, the suit says. The meeting never happened. According to the complaint, the school did not address the family's concerns. The bullying continued until Davis made the decision to pull Wims from the school and enroll her somewhere else. The, the suit says in November, Wims began talking with Renaissance Charter School students on Instagram about the bullying. The suit identifies the second teen as MS. After the conversation, MS allegedly created a fake Instagram page using Wims name. The lawsuit states while pretending to be Wims, MS allegedly sent her message 
sent her messages that included threats to blow up the school and kill people, including M, they have it like M period S period, and the teacher, according to the lawsuit. The messages were disclosed to the teacher who informed school officials and the police. The charter school was placed on limited lockdown, but later determined to be safe, according to the complaint, according to the complaint. Pembroke Pines began investigating what led to the lockdown and were allegedly told by MS that the Wims had sent messages threatening the school. The lawsuit says officer allegedly officers allegedly interrogated Wims, who said she had talked with MS over Instagram, but did not make any threats on November 19th. Wims was arrested and taken to a juvenile detention center, according to the lawsuit. Police said in a statement at the time that she was being charged with a second degree felony for making a written threat to do bodily harm or commit an act of terrorism. She spent 11 days in the facility and had to undergo a a psychological evaluation, according to the lawsuit. She was released on November 29th after investigators determined that the message came from an IP address connected to MS. Failure to promptly investigate this easily discoverable information by the Pembroke Pines Police Department caused Nia Wims to remain in juvenile detention facility away from her family for 11 days, the suit says. In an updated statement on February 10th, police said Wims had been exonerated of the charges. The department said the family initially did not cooperate with police in the early stages of the investigation. In the statement, the department said Davis did not begin cooperating until December when she proved information that led them to a subpoena, an IP address connected to the threatening messages. The family, however, said the lawsuit that they gave the police uh, in the lawsuit that they gave police the iPad that Wims had used to talk to MS on the day of her arrest. In January, police learned that the messages were sent by a 12-year-old girl at the school who viciously, viciously impersonated Wims. The police statement says, authorities said the 12-year-old sent threatening messages to multiple students to frame Wims. The 12-year-old was charged with several crimes, including written threats to kill or do bodily harm and falsifying a police report. Um, and they're not naming her name because she's a minor. Uh, Marwin Porter, a lawyer for the family, questioned whether this would have happened to a white student. If this, if it was a young Caucasian girl and this happened, does it go down like this? He said at a news conference, the school said it was limited in what it could say about the lawsuit. Our highest priority remains the safety and security of our students. We always have and always will take all appropriate actions to ensure our students and staff are safe. We are not at liberty to discuss any private student issues and we do not comment on pending litigation, a spokesperson said. The lawsuit also named Meta, the parent company for Instagram, as a defendant alleging the social media platform failed to promptly provide or cooperate with the investigating officers, which led to a delay in the police declaring Wims innocent. A spokesperson for Meta did not immediately return a request for comment. Back in a moment with the World According to Bookie and Them podcast.
Last spring, my symptoms suddenly appeared. Runny nose and sneezing. As I've never had an allergy, I assumed it was a cold, so I treated it like one. After all, an allergy and cold symptoms can be similar, so it was hard for me to tell which is which. But after my symptoms lasted more than a week, I didn't have a fever or body aches, I became suspicious. Finally, my doctor confirmed it. I suffer from allergies. Changes in life, such as moving to a new place, can expose you to new allergens which can trigger allergies, even if you've never suffered from them before. An effective solution to treat your allergy symptoms is an allergy relief product. Now, when symptoms appear, I take Claritin just once a day. It's a 24-hour antihistamine that works all day and night without causing drowsiness. Welcome back. Biden to speak to nation as crisis with Russia over Ukraine escalates. President Joe Biden was set to speak to the nation on this afternoon on what the White House said are U.S. efforts to ease tensions over Ukraine amid increased shelling and possible false flag attacks Russia could use to falsely justify an invasion. Biden will make remarks after he holds a call with transatlantic leaders to discuss continued efforts at the deterrence and diplomacy and what the White House called Russia's buildup of military troops on the border of Ukraine. Although he has said a diplomatic resolution is still possible, on Thursday he called the threat of conflict very high and that he expects Russia to invade Ukraine in the next several days. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau Trudeau will participate in the call along with the leaders of France, Germany, Italy, Poland, Romania, and the United Kingdom, the EU, and NATO, according to Trudeau's office. On Friday, the leaders of Russian-backed separatists in eastern Ukraine called for his supporters to begin a mass evacuation to Russia, claiming Ukraine was readying for an invasion of the region. Ukraine immediately denied the claim. The Biden administration has repeatedly warned Moscow will likely manufacture Ukrainian provocations to justify an invasion of a smaller neighbor. Russian President Vladimir Putin Friday warned the situation is escalating, appearing to place blame on Ukraine. Al Kiev needs to do is sit down at the negotiating table with representatives of Donbas and agree on political, military, economic, and humanitarian measures to end the conflict, Putin said Friday during a news conference alongside the leader of Belarus. But Putin continues to demand assurances from the West that the Ukraine will never join NATO, a concession on U.S. officials are unwilling to make. I call it the wheel. Okay, this is a miss. It's a fork. I got ten forks right here, baby. I'll chime it. We're not animals. We go outside like humans. Nobody's going to the moon ever. Why not? Well, it's too far. It's far. Like I was saying, it's FTX. It's a safe and easy way to get into crypto. Yeah, I don't think so. And I'm never wrong about this stuff. Never. Day I drove through the suburbs. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for coming back. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Team at the center of doping controversy breaks down. Other skaters in tears after shocking woman's event. 15-year-old Russian skater... Camilla Valiva grew visibly distraught after surprising errors kept her off the podium while officials said they would not publicly celebrate her if she had won. Uh. 
This was not how women's figure skating was supposed to end at the Beijing Winter Olympics. With a doping controversy clouding the second half of the individual event on Thursday, organizers had already said they, not, they would not hold a medal ceremony if the presumed favorite Russian skater Kamila Valiva made it to the podium. But she didn't. In her free skate on Thursday, Valiva made a number of uncharacteristic mistakes, slipping and falling all across the ice, and ended in fourth with 224.9 points. She had been in first after the short program, but got 141.93 for her free skate. That result left the anguished 15-year-old visibly distraught, breaking down in tears. She reportedly did not speak with the press afterward. While processing a thicket of feelings in the air at the rink, observers described shock, dismay, relief, anger, and more. Several of the other skaters were no less emotional after the end of their event. Russian Olympic Committee teammate Alexandra Trasova, uh, 17, and Japan's Corey Sakamoto won silver and bronze, respectively, were both seen crying. Sakamoto, 21, at one point was nearly sobbing. But their reactions were for very different reasons. Trasova was viscerally unhappy to come in second place, despite her astonishing athletic ability to land a quadruple jumps, unlike any other woman skater on, on earth. I haven't been in... I haven't been winning major events for three years. I always try to reach a goal. I always add more quads, Trasova told reporters, according to Reuters. And when I, got, when I get to that, I, I will win. This didn't happen. That's why I was upset. Shortly after she finished her skate, she spoke even more bluntly. Everyone has a gold medal. Everyone, but not me. I hate skating. I hate it. I hate this sport. I will never skate again. Never, she said. It's impossible. That's not that's now how it should be. According, you know, so uh according to uh, NBC Sports, Trasova initially said she would not participate in a um in a podium ceremony as the silver medalist. Olympic medalist and NBC commentator uh, Tara Lipinski noted during the broadcast of the free skate that Trasova is well known for her fierce competitive streak. Having once said winning is first place, anything else is losing. Sakamoto, for her part, seemed to cry tears of joy for finishing in third. I don't have the big jumps as others would have, which is a big handicap, she told reporters, you know, that means I had to have perfect elements. Meanwhile, Anna Sherbakova of the ROC was blank faced and distant immediately after emerging as the gold medal uh, winner instead of Valiva. For several months, the 17-year-old remained alone in an off-rank area, seeming lost in herself or too stunned for feeling. Valiva was thrust into the spotlight during these games after it was revealed she had reportedly tested positive for the banned heart medication, trimetazidine, in December. Two other not banned heart medications were also found in her sample. Ultimately, however, the court of arbitration for sport determined she could not. She they 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 
the arbitration for sport determined she could keep competing, citing in part the fact that she was still a minor. The panel considered that preventing the athlete to compete at the Olympic Games would cause her irreparable harm in the circumstances, CAS Director General um, said in a statement, according to the AP. Part of Oliva's attorney's argument in her defense was that the banned drug entered her body accidentally and likely belonged to her grandfather as he takes as he takes the drug according to a russian reps a, a russian website uh outside medical experts told said that it seemed highly unlikely that the use of the drug could have given her body a small but crucial improvement without a doubt she would be an incredible athlete without any performance aid and who knows if she's gotten any performance aid from these if indeed she is taking them uh, Dr. Sean Heffern, a uh, preventative cardiologist at NYU's Langone Center for the Prevention of Cardiovascular Diseases, said, but this is incredibly unfortunate to potentially influence her, and given her age, she's probably not making all these decisions on her own. Lipinski echoed that on NBC during the event on Thursday. I can't imagine how tough this has been on Camilla. And it makes me angry that the adults around her weren't able to make better decisions and guide her and be there for her because she's she's the one now dealing with the consequences and she's just 15 and that's not fair, she said. But again, that being said, she should not have been allowed to skate. Okay, at the end of the day, I'm going to give my opinion. Them people, instead of when, when she messed up skating, it was bad enough, you know, whether she knew or not she was taking them pills or whatever. It was, you know, it was embarrassing. It was bad and, and all that other stuff, you know. But at the end of the day, we don't know if they was making that girl take them pills. We just going by what they saying. We just going by what they saying. When I was 15... If I was in sports and they say, take this heart pill, it's going to make you perform better. I'm not finna take nothing because I don't know what that mess is going to do to my actual heart. And we don't know what with her taking them drugs, what the consequences of her in the long term is going to do to her body. And I just felt my heart when I seen that girl on the ice. Well, not just broke when I seen her just broke down, bent down, crying in despair. Somebody should have hugged her and said, yeah, you know, the whole situation is messed up, you know, and, 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 you know, you, we didn't do so well this time instead of making it all about her, we, cause y'all probably knew she was taking them too, yeah, well, you knew what gonna find out. or just even saying we to let her know she's not by herself and gave that girl a hug and comforted her and said, you know, we're going to do it right the next time, and it's going to be okay. We learn from our mistake, and it's going to be okay. You know, because that's just it. That's just it. I just felt sorry for that girl. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to pray for that young lady because my heart, my heart broke in a billion pieces when I seen her. Yeah, she made a mistake, and she felt sad that she messed up. But the mama part of me, the mother part of my heart, 
All I, I was like, I felt so sorry for her. I wanted to jump through the TV and give her a hug and say, baby, it's going to be okay. You're going to be all right. We all make mistakes. You're going to be all right. That's all she needed to hear. And hold your chin up. Hold your chin up. Because everybody is sitting in this arena pointing a finger at you for taking enhancement drugs. Got a pair of drawers they don't want nobody to see either. They done did some stuff too. And they need to consider that too. And have some empathy. Back in a moment with the world according to Buki and them podcast. Get ultimate repair without the weight. Acidic bonding concentrate. 56% less breakage. 82% less visible split ends. 11 times smoother hair. Acidic bonding concentrate from Redkin. Welcome back everybody. I got Nam in the house. And Nam's got some Dr. Dre Snoop Dogg. Hey, 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 hey. Okay, go ahead. And Snoop Dogg lands first billion view video after Super Bowl halftime show. The still, the still DRE video was first uploaded uploaded to YouTube in uh, 2011. Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg have plenty to celebrate this week. In addition to rave the views of the longtime friends, All Star Super Bowl 2022 halftime show. for their first ever billion view video on YouTube in the wake of the extravaganza. A billion views. That is so awesome. A billion views. Congratulations, y'all. That is awesome. The official video for the pair for the pair's uh, 1999 tune, still DRE, from Dre's multi second solo album, 2001. That was before your time, Nia. Excuse me. Crossed the Billy line after they performed it at this uh, SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. During the midway point in the contest between the Cincinnati Bengals and the year's chance, the Los Angeles Rams, the Hype Williams directed clip represented the first video of either man to reach the 10 digit mark on YouTube. That is so awesome. 10 digits. That, that's just about the whole world to see now. That's a billion, is a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And though it took its sweet time getting there, the video first uploaded to YouTube in October 2011 stands as a, you know, hermetically sealed time capsule of one of the hermetically sealed time capsule of one of Dre's most iconic songs from the shorts of dramatic rap duo bouncing along the streets of LA and their low um, rider, low rider. Isn't that a song? Okay. To the giant country scene of the brief uh, cameos from Slim Shady. Yep, Slim Shady, Exhibit, Funk Master Flex, and Warren G. I don't know the person then, I know is Slim Shady. And that was a giant party scene. And so at the February 13th halftime show did what? Found Dre and Snoop opening the next episode and a, a Tupac. Uh huh. Tupac Shakur. Tribute, um, California Love, before a surprise appearance from 50 Cent. See, this is why that we didn't so know. That was so awesome. See, this is why Ooh. we didn't know 50 Cent was That was so there. awesome. I was like, ah! <laughs> 
A Raging 2 song set from Mary J. Blodge, Kendrick Lamar, Intense All Right, Eminem's Lose Yourself, and I final that found Dre at the the piano piano with Snoop Dogg right along for still D-R-E. That is so awesome. Though the song topped out at number 93 on Billboard Hot 100. At the time it's released, it has become one of Dre's most beloved anthems. Yeah, and the year that ain't never going out of style. It was later featured in 2001, uh, Denzel Washington. Ethan Hawke drama Training Day. What the heck is that? We got to watch that, that sometime. You got to see that. Yeah, it's a good movie. Oh. <laughs> in which Dre and Snoop appeared in memorable ca- uh, cameos in oh, the wow. Grand Theft Auto uh, video game. So that is awesome. Um. You know, oh, that song. You hear so much negative stuff about people. It's good to hear something positive, you know. Especially these these days. days. It's, it's really nice to hear something positive as far as you know our entertainments that are in the rap game and all of that. You know, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. So congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Big congratulations. I mean, like I. Back in a moment with the. too dark in here. I need to get out. Just calm down. You can't calm down. The walls are closing in. I'm freaking out. Ugh, relax, yellow. Just take a deep breath. <sighs> Let's not do that again. At last, Eminem's mix. I'm black, so my perspective is black. There's always just going to be that little extra seasoning. This is how it is. We are creators. My culture makes me proud of who I am and where I come from. Hey. It feels amazing to be seen amongst a class of other amazing creators. <laughs> that was a terrible wink. YouTube Black. Chief, no dentures, please. Princess, cuts, no dentures, please. Say cheese for the cameras. <laughs> Let's go do it for the world according to Boogie and them Friday Don't own any of the rights to any of the music, any of the commercials, and some of the sayings, y'all. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you. Peace. I ain't duck short since I became a vegan. Flock with Jody season. Proud of pants before the season. Probably ducked up in a quiet place with your breezy. Proud of shades, probably why you couldn't see him. I mean, I would like to dedicate.